The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Courtney Betty is here, Toronto lawyer with Betty's Law. Jerry Agar from the Jerry Agar Show, 9 to noon. And former mayor of Toronto, John Tory, who's going to be hosting Moore in the Morning on Monday, has stuck around in order to do the roundtable. Uh, Jerry, are you in a cheerier mood than you were an hour ago? <laughs> well, I had a lot of trouble sleeping last night, so okay. I'm just going to have to, uh, you know, caffeine it up. That's all. Okay, because I, I know John Tory by, by came by while you were on a conference call and said, how you doing? He said, not good. <laughs> I just love to pull his chain and get him going. That's all. I mean, yeah. it's so, and it's so easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, actually, I have, uh, I made a resolution about eight months ago. I don't know if Jerry even knows this, that when he comes in for a um, crossover, a tease, yeah, a crossover, that I would make him laugh every single day. And I've only failed once. When he did your show when you were away, he would start the morning at five o'clock with a joke. With a joke, yeah. And I mean, there was a young man from Nantucket. Some of them are pretty good too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start digging into this one. Um, Premier Doug Ford apparently taking a bit of a hit in the polls. Not surprisingly, this was an attitudinal um, survey that was done, and fifty-nine percent of respondents say they think the premier's decisions are primarily about what is in the best interests of his friends and supporters. Uh, Courtney Betty, I'll start with you because. You know, that is sort of a characterization that could stick. And if a majority hold that view, it's not good for Doug Ford. Hey, John, we've been talking about this story right from the very beginning. And so far, I think, except for Jerry a little bit, we've been right on track. Here's my concern right now. We, we the, the premier, he has actually fired someone. We're hoping that this will be the end of it. But there's a little bit of an issue here. The provincial police has decided that they're going to refer this to the RCMP to carry an investigation. Now, the RCMP investigation is going to look at everything. So even a very small, minute detail could possibly end up resulting in criminal charges for that particular situation, which is going to put everything under a microscope. So yes, at this point in time, it may be just feelings that are out there. But if the RCMP comes back and they said, hey, we found one issue here, that we think further necessitates a criminal investigation, I think Doug Ford has a major challenge. John Tory, I always like waiting for the end of an investigation rather than banging the drum about you're under criminal investigation because often it goes nowhere. Well, I think that's a part of it. Uh, and, you know, I think in, in uh, political terms, and look, there's a substantive issue here to be dealt with. And, and uh, you know, I think if you're the government, you just want to make it go away. And that starts with implementing the recommendations, being seen to do it and being seen to be sincere about it. But I just ask this question, you know, how many people at the end of, there are people who do at the end of a golf round, remember every shot they ever took. Not many. How many people, yeah, that's right. How many people remember at the end of a basketball game what went on in the second quarter? You know, what, what you remember is how the game ended. And so... This is something that's a, a red flag for the premier and for it would be for any political leader. And they're dealing with it. They say they're going to implement the recommendations. But I'll just remind you of one other thing buried in the same story. The poll of who you'd vote for today yep. said Doug Ford and the PCs 38, the Liberals 25, the NDP 24. And so it, you want it, if it's, if you're Doug Ford, that's where you want to keep that. And you want to get rid of this and get back to talking about what you're doing about affordability or housing. Uh, because, uh, you know, but it is midterm and this is what happens in midterm to most governments. Okay, Jerry Agar. 
Well, it's the guy characterized as being the only one who doesn't know what he's talking about on this. I would like to point out to the rest of you. <laughs> hey, Jerry, the, I was being nice to you. Come on. The RCMP are not doing an investigation. The o They might do one. The OPP requested the RCMP do an investigation. The RCMP acknowledged they had been asked and have said that they're looking at, they're investigating whether they're going to investigate. So we don't, I'm with, I'm with uh, John Moore on this uh, in that I'm happy to await the outcome of an investigation. Most of us have an opinion uh, certainly I have one but it isn't necessarily based on our knowing exactly what happened between all the various individuals uh, so I would welcome some form of legitimate investigation but uh, don't go around saying the RCMP are investigating this because that hasn't been officially well, announced they're, they're looking to investigate my point though Jerry is that it's the, if there's a peripheral component to this no matter how small that the RCMP says you know what Here's one aspect that we think we should investigate criminally, then everything is opened up. And I think that's where the premier is going to have a challenge, and, potentially. And, and, you know, Jerry, the public don't distinguish between investigating an investigation or thinking about one. They just hear RCMP investigation and they conclude there's something, there may be some smoke where there's there fire where there's smoke. So it's just one of those things. It's best to get rid of it by implementing the recommendations, moving forward and making sure people don't think you're doing whatever you Except did. for yeah. number 15. What's number 15? To reverse the change. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, the, the whole conclusion was you guys really screwed this up, but uh, we're just going to leave it where it is. Uh, listen, Toronto City Council Executive Committee yesterday, um, I think they had a choice between an a la carte menu and a prefix menu, and they went for the prefix, apparently. John Tory, I'll turn to you because you know how this stuff all works. But I thought they were going to choose like one financial tool to raise revenues, and they've chosen all kinds of them. Well, well, no, they chose they to. They recommend it. I, I, uh, I initiated that report that was in front of them okay. yesterday because I knew we had to do something to deal with the city's finances. And by the way, that follows uh, something that should be done as well, which is the other two governments stepping forward. And when it comes to a lot of things the city's been asked and, and mandated to do over time, uh, that the other government should still be contributing to that uh, better than they do. But what they picked were the two that have been around probably the longest, one being just raising parking fees on the street at those machines or the, using the uh, Green P app. And the other is the luxury, the land transfer tax on so-called luxury homes. Uh, it was proposed many times. I just didn't think when you had an overall housing affordability crisis, the key was to raise, uh, you know, taxes on housing, but having even luxury housing. But having said that, they did those two. Those will raise some money, but nowhere near enough to deal with the financial problem. And now they're going to study the other ones, which is what we've been doing for a number of years. And I'll confess to that because none of them are easy in terms of some of the consequences they have for business or for people. Uh, there's an affordability crisis in the city right now so how does that fit in you know with raising taxes so but I, I will say they took a step forward uh, they did take this report and adopt uh, or put forward for approval two of the taxes I mentioned and the other ones are going to be studied for a while yet okay Jerry Agar I know you're allergic to almost all taxes um, and I think it was Shelley Carroll identifying the vacant home tax and suggesting that it would cost more to enforce than it would raise I'm not allergic to taxes. I'm uh, allergic to the misuse of taxes. And I, what I'm waiting for before I comment fully is, and I'm sure we'll have this next week, is the extensive uh, report they've done on where they can cut back on their spending uh, in order to uh, help in this problem. But that's, that's coming next week, isn't it? I don't know. John Tory, it's not coming at all, file? John. He's oh. being sarcastic, John. Oh, it's John. like Jean Drapeau's he's, famous yeah. report uh, on yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, you can never get pregnant. What is it? The, uh, yeah. He said, uh, we will no longer be in debt for the Olympics yeah. than a man yeah. can get pregnant. Right. Okay, so back to Toronto taxes. Courtney Betty, last word on this file. 
Well, we've got through, you know, so many challenges in our city. One of them is transportation, which is a big um, cost to our city. And we're now saying, well, you know, we're hoping that things are going to go back to the way it was before the pandemic. The reality of it is the vast majority, there's a vast majority of employees that are not going to be going into the office five days a week. And therefore, that transit loss is always going to be there. So there's some big issues that no matter how we tinker here or there, and it's great that we're looking at these small, what I would call these small raises. But at the end of the day, the big issue of transport in our city is going to be something that has to be addressed. Okay, well, Jerry, I'll start with you on this one. That kind of uh, flows directly into the next topic, which is um, Toronto drivers spend 199 hours per year in traffic. And I'm sure all of us on the panel have had this, and everybody listening, have had the experience of, like, I will be coming back from something at 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and I end up in a traffic jam on the 401. It's nuts. It is nuts, and we can't spend our way out of this, I don't think, and maybe we shouldn't be trying. I think Courtney mentioned people not going back to the office. Prior to COVID, I used to beat the drum for the idea of more remote work. We have all of the tools, and people could do it. Management uh, in various corporations couldn't seem to get their head around it. We got forced into practicing it during COVID, and now a lot of people have said they like it, uh, either work from home or a hybrid model or something. Uh, so rather than you know try to build more roads, build more, build more, build more, how about people just stay home at least part of the time? Wouldn't that work? Yeah, possibly. I mean, Courtney Betty, I know, for example, a friend of mine is an appeals lawyer who frequently argues before the Supreme Court. And so he has to fly to Ottawa, stay in a hotel, get up in the morning, go to the court, fly back to Toronto. And during COVID, they just created a TV studio at his firm, and he argued from there. And I think they're still doing it. Well, John, I've, I've been away for a little bit, but I'm still arguing my cases in Toronto. And it's amazing. It's great. It's the best thing that's ever happened uh, from the legal side. But the reality of it is when it comes to traffic in the city, for me personally, it's one of the most painful things. Because on almost every city downtown right now, all of our main arteries, we have a situation of construction that's been ongoing for years and years and years with no potential end in sight. It's, it's a big challenge. Okay, and John Tory, I guess, aside from being in it, this is not your headache anymore. No, it's not. But, but Courtney is so right about something that's so important, John, which is that if we're going to build the transit that is going to allow people to get around other than in their car, it's going to be very disruptive. It always has been. If you go back to the building of the first subway in the 50s, and Young oh, yeah. Street was a mess for years. And that's going to be true with all this transit that's being built now, a record amount of transit. $40 billion worth. But the other thing, and then there's other construction happening, A lot people don't realize a lot of the disruption to traffic is from private construction of the condo buildings and so on because of sure. the way... Look at Avenue Road together. near yep. St. Clair. And then finally, there's civil construction, you know, putting in new water mains. We had water mains that are 150 years old, and you just have to replace them. But the other thing I can mention now, perhaps more freely than I did when I was mayor, is people have to change their own driving habits, too. The people who go forward into the, the box, as they call it, the intersection, when they know they can't get through, that causes massive gridlock. And we had deployed special constables to say to people, you can't do that. Yep. But people just have to stop doing that kind of thing because that has a huge negative impact on traffic as well, people's own driving habits. Well, I like that there's a guy, and I think it is here, but I saw a video the other day. He's dressed as a soccer ref, and he runs into traffic when you're blocking the box or doing something wrong and waves a yellow card in front of your windshield. I like that guy. Get Jerry yeah, that's doing helpful that. he to have waving. somebody else in the intersection running around like an 
idiot. <laughs> well, it was some pretty good kabuki theater. Um, I cannot believe this exists. Uh, Courtney, Betty, let me start with you. Um, animal advocates have busted open this business of they have these fenced out areas in the wilderness with wild animals inside the enclosure, and then they release dogs to hunt them. Yeah, I, I was shocked as well, John. I, I didn't think that we had that in the in Ontario, um, makes no sense at all. Um, something, I guess, you know, that um, that really and truly, do we need to have this happen in Ontario? I guess that's the question. Yeah, I mean, you know, John Tory, I get hunting and stuff like that, but I don't know what this is about. It just seems like it, deliberate it cruelty. It seems like a throwback, too. You know, they yeah. used to have dog fights that would happen in sort yeah. of barns and people would bet on them and so forth. I mean, and it was just absolute abject cruelty. And, and uh, you know, you just have to ask yourself how this kind of thing could exist. And uh, I'm sure if uh, now that they're onto it, uh, they'll get. But, you know, things go on in remote places that uh, yeah. are hard to keep track of if you're a regulator. Well, Jerry Agar, I don't know if it's a commercial operation or it's just sort of something somebody set up because it gave them a thrill. Well, it sounds like fish in a barrel, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, and I'm for fishing and I'm for hunting, but man up and do it right. I mean, uh, just putting an animal in an enclosure, that's not hunting. So uh, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get the purpose of this at all. Listen, we're going to have to call it there, but thank you all. Good to have you. Uh, that's uh, Courtney Betty, Jerry Agar, and John Tory. And uh, John, you're, you've been sitting in this morning so you can get the flow of it all over again and you're going to be hosting the show on uh, on monday i haven't done a show in nine years so uh, i'm just watching to the, the master at work here and uh, I'll, I'll listen to jerry later just to get myself a bit wound up are you finding the mustache a distraction <laughs> the- <laughs> rob davis admitted the other day he could barely think because he was just looking at the mustache yeah i i, I will no comment yeah no believe me i, I mean it's going it's eight o'clock